Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Inside High School Sports is brought to you by Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. Good morning and welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiri, along with Mark Quell Slaughter, Roger Weiss, Dave DeLuca in studio today. Yeah, boy. And Joe Marguccio ready to talk high school football. Glorious weekend. Man, this is what we've been waiting for all year. How can you invite him in the studio today, Anthony? Who, Joe? Yeah, no. Dave DeLuca. <laughs> Everything was fine, and all of a sudden he puts on... Uh, news about uh, somebody going from South Park to Time, and it hasn't been the same since. <laughs> we're going to get to <laughs> we're going to get to that in a little bit. Uh, crazy football weekend. It's just a crazy weekend altogether. Games last night. Roger and I will be judging at Wingfest at uh, twelve thirty. I believe we start. We're going to judge the best sauces around uh, Western New York. Let's see. Some of the categories are uh, best hot uh, barbecue, creative barbecue. I think there's a creative sweet or something like what that. What are you looking forward to? The hot or the sweet? No. Barbecue? I like the hot ones. Not the, not the, uh, the extreme Suicide. hot. We're not talking ghost pepper hot. You have Cajun? But I like it, uh, you know, I like it where I know that I just had something. You know what I mean? So we're not pepperheads, right? No, we're not pepperheads. Pepperheads uh, judge the really hot, hot. Yeah, That's for my coworker, Brenda Alacy. She probably would do that. Uh, see John Anthony from 102.5. He'll be there. Uh, Shy Guy Sean from Kiss 98. Uh, just a couple of the uh, intercom judges that will be there, of course, Roger and myself. Now, Roger, I believe we have the option of walking around uh, to the various booths to sample them or to sit at a table. I'm going to sit at a table. Uh, I'm going to have my sidekick Nick with me, and because I don't want I don't want to face the you know the the owners of the place. You know I I have a, a unique way that I judge wings, and I just uh, want to keep There's it a that science way. to it. Yeah, there is a science to it. You know, because if you're unsure of of a wing, let's say, uh, you know, then on the description, what you do, it, Raj, this is I'm a veteran at this. I'm giving you some <laughs> free help right here. You run your finger across the wing, and then you go. Mm. You taste your fingertip. If it is acceptable to your palate, you dig into the wing and tear it up. If it's not, uh, move along. <laughs> if it's not, then you dig into the wing and tear it up. Do <laughs> <laughs> you guys prefer drumstick or the flats? I'm a flat guy. Flat all guy. Yeah, I like flat, a... but uh, you're not going to get me to complain about the drumsticks either. Real, real but flat. we have no blue cheese to dip it in. Now, see, that's that's the key. We have no blue cheese. Major you're key. tasting just the sauce here. Isn't that the way it's supposed to be? No, I like no. to dip mine you know, in blue you cheese. how you just did that thumb thing? They yeah. all taste the same. I know a lady that made cookies, the thumbprint. The blue cheese and ham. Did 
said to print. To oh, no, I don't want to hear that joke. Cookie after each. I'm not sharing my wing after that. Well, maybe with Nick. <laughs> Here, Nick, you try this one. This, this will be for you. But, uh, no, it's, it's a crazy weekend. So we'll be there. Uh, thanks to Drew Serza, the Wing King, for inviting Roger and myself. Of course, we've got, oh, Roger has his Wing King uh, uh, shirt. Red uh, oh, Red Wings. Oh, that's wing blasphemous. Shirt, King's hat. It's a tribute to Mr. Serza. You're clever, Raj. I know. Very good. Not bad for a Kensington grant. Yeah, we need Drew's wing hat. That's what we need. And of course, there'll be football on later today uh, that we're going to go to games and we'll talk about those. Uh, then Nick has a, me and Nick have a game tomorrow, our, our little league game. We're playing, uh, Tonawanda. What are we at? Tonawanda TFC Renegade. So we got that at 11 o'clock uh, behind LaSalle Middle School on Buffalo Avenue. Looking forward to that. But I got to tell you guys about last week's game. We should mention first, though, uh, Nick is already wearing some of Anthony's clothing, and before you know it, Anthony will be wearing Nicholas's hand-me-downs. I offer, even offered to let him wear one of my old Burgard jerseys to practice, but he didn't want he to wear it. He threw up when you told him that. No, right? I didn't. He didn't. <laughs> so last week we're playing a game, and, and the way this goes at our level, you, there's two coaches that can be on the field. Uh, for the first four, four weeks of the season, you help direct the kids. You know, we're talking about eight, nine, and ten year olds. And once the quarterback gets under center, coach has got to shut up. You can't say a word. All right. And I'm usually, I'm, I'm usually pretty good with this. Well, my offensive line opens up a huge hole and I just see daylight right in front of me and I couldn't help but scream out, go Max! One of our running backs and the ref just looked at me through the flag. I'm like, oh man! So the kids come to, and then I have to apologize to the kids. Yeah, it just cost you five yards. Uh, but, we scored eventually <laughs> anyway. The only football coach that gets a technical foul. I don't it's my it. second penalty as a coach. Uh, years ago when I was coaching uh, Zach Kedron at uh, Black Rock Riverside, Zach scores the winning touchdown. We beat a uh, team that was playing at the uh, – uh, Johnny B. Wiley, and I think it put us into the pay, into the playoffs. I went running out onto the field to go congratulate him, and I got flagged for excessive celebration. So, oh well. It happens. So tomorrow we're excited. You know, football last night, football today, football tomorrow, and, of course, the Buffalo Bills kick off next week. All right, let's get to scores and highlights from last night. We had uh, Casey Kelly making his debut for St. Joe's. He was uh, 15 of 22 for 129 yards, also rushed for 55 yards, and uh, St. Joe's beating uh, South Park. What was the score? Mm, yeah, for figures, I forget to highlight it. But, uh, they beat South Park, was it 22? 29 to 12. Uh, we have Williamsville North at Jamestown. Uh, we have all kinds of great games going on. Let's see, Maryville beating Cleve Hill 14 to 12. North Tonawanda over Williamsville East 35 to 8. Zach Woodard returned a couple of interceptions for touchdowns. Hamburg over West Seneca West 38 to 29. Of course, you could follow along if you have today's Buffalo News. Jason Jescola had 163 yards. Adam Costello, 12 tackles. Six of them were solos. That's productive. Bennett beating West Seneca East 30 to 14. The Isaiah McDuffie show started. He rushed for 13 times, 200 yards, four touchdowns, 11 tackles, 
and recovered a fumble and a partridge in a pear tree. Iroquois beating Lakeshore 36 to nothing. Brandon Yaks with a buck 87 in that game. Medina all over Barker Royhart 56 to 24. Maple Grove beating Portville 52 to 15. Uh, as I mentioned, Winsville North beating Jamestown 34 to 26. Lancaster over Williamsville South 31 to 14. Zach Samborski 14 carries, 131 yards and a touchdown. Ryan Manzel completed 11 to 16 passes for a buck 66 and a couple of touchdowns. Clarence over Frontier 23 to nothing. Sophomore quarterback Jake Putt. Putney pass for three touchdowns. Ken West over Riverside, 53-12. to uh, Tyler White had 10 tackles, three sacks in that game. Cheek DeWaga beating Dunkirk, 27-13. to Calm down, Markwell. Stephen Parker had seven receptions for 62 yards and a couple of scores. Hutch Tech all over St. Mary's of Lancaster, 48 to nothing. Toledo Central Catholic, 48-18 to over St. Francis. Jerry Hickson. Had 236 yards and three touchdowns in that game. He's getting off to a good start. Uh, Buford, Georgia. This is Buford in Georgia. 49 to 6 over Bishop Timon. Bishop Timon's on that, uh, big gauntlet right now. We'll be talking about them in a little while. JFK beating Eden North Collins 42 to 23. East Aurora slash Holland 23. Lackawanna nothing. Olean 13, Allegheny Limestone 6. You had Tonawanda over Newfane 28 to 12, despite Tonawanda only dressed like 18 to 22 players. They have, I think it's eight players. We talked about uh, Larry Ben last night on Twitter. They had uh, players that have not, are not eligible because they haven't completed concussion testing or their uh, physical. Uh, hopefully they'll be back in the lineup. They had to call up a bunch of JV guys to fill out the roster. Uh, we had uh, Faulkner, Cataraugus Valley, uh, three to nothing over Salamanca, Southwestern, beating Gowanda Pine Valley, twenty-eight to twenty-six, and uh, Franklinville, Ellicottville, thirty-five over Climber slash Sherman slash Panama, uh, thirty-five to eight, and uh, Pittsburgh beating Orchard Park, thirty-five to twenty-two. So there are your scores. From last night. And before we start talking about the games, we do have to mention what was big in the news throughout the week. Dave DeLuca, you broke this on Twitter. Troublemaker. Uh, <laughs> way to go, Dave. And hey, at least it sparked a great conversation on our Facebook page. If you want to follow that along and check out the debates, you could go to Inside High School Sports on Facebook. Dave, uh, since you broke the story, why don't you uh, give us the shakedown? Yeah, I guess it's something we really haven't seen before, you know, a transfer just days before the first game of a season. We've seen some transfers in the off season from public schools to private schools, but never at this juncture you know, of training camp. I mean, teams are preparing for the Week 1 opponent, um, and all of a sudden South Park, you know, their left tackle is absent from practice two days in a row, uh, and he's going to time in. Um, my first reaction, I was shocked to hear it, just because you win a state championship at South Park, um, the program is on the rise and continues to get better under Coach Tim Delaney. You'd expect most of that core who's returning to be back there um, playing for the Sparks. Um, but, you know, if he wants to go to time in for better opportunities, more exposure, I see that part of it. Um, it's just unfortunate how the whole thing went down. He'd love to see the transfer in the spring or the wintertime when most of these transfers happen, you know, not four days before the, the season opener. I think most people looked at it and uh, felt that it stinks. 
it stinks to high heaven to recruit a player from someone else's team with the, not even a week to go before the start. You know, as you mentioned, understand if it's in January or February, uh, you're making a decision. Hopefully it's for academic reasons, not because one team is better than another or, or you're, you think you're going to get exposure. I'm not a big fan of that. I mean, this isn't free agency. This isn't the NFL. You know, you, Stick to the school that you uh, started with. And I understand, too, I mean, coaches can leave and, you know, and, and all that. And, again, there's great arguments that pros and cons on either way. And uh, only half-jokingly I commented, thou shalt not steal and thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. Uh, you know, there's a Catholic school that's uh, out there coveting thy neighbor's good. <laughs> and, they, and they are neighbors. My, my yeah, question, they are neighbors. <laughs> my question is this, Anthony. Could he have played for South Park last night against St. Joe's and then says, you know what, I'm going to enroll in Timon and be eligible to play for Timon? I don't know, but the all the rules and everything indicate that this was perfectly legal to do. Uh, it just stinks. Uh, is it ethical? No, not at all. I, I, I don't mean, think so. I don't know if he's considered registered at South Park. He played in a contest, offici- you know, adjudicated by bona fide Section 6 slash Monsignor Martin officials, I just don't see how he can... To me, he's jumping in mid-season, not before the start of a season. I, I just, you know, it, I don't ever want to hear a Monsignor Martin coach come up to me and tell me we don't recruit. Don't insult my intelligence. You do recruit. No, this I was agree. obviously, uh, a, this is a recruiting job. And, uh, you know, they were able to talk Sanders into moving over there. And it's unfortunate. I feel bad for Tim Delaney. He, but he's said, you know, look, it's done, it's over with, we're moving on, we're going forward, we have a pretty good team. It's not the only one. I mean, McDuffie left Sweet Home, he's at St. Francis. Well, yeah, and you do have, you know, public schools, I'm sure, are rating other public schools. I just, I hate it. I, I, I'm not a big fan of, of recruiting uh, unless, uh, you know, I understand, you, as I mentioned earlier, you're going for academic reasons. You want to improve yourself or you're, uh, you were running with the wrong crowd at the school and you just need a fresh start. I understand that and I'll support that. I, I think there should be a rule. If you leave a school just to go play football or another school, you should have to sit out of here. But if you leave a school because they don't have French or something like that, of course it's not offered at your school. Yeah, that, but, Joe, you, how, how do you prove that? Yeah, yeah. Prove that's it. That's the whole thing. And, I mean, not, and not only that, was, like you say, say it's a French class. You know, yep. if they get them, says, well, you Francais? know what, guess what, you're taking French. Because that's why you came to this school, because your other school didn't have French. So that's not going to fly, Joe, not at all. Yeah. He's just using it as an example, no, but, but I understand I what understand that, too, but that's how they'll get around it, do, and there's no way you can stop it. Do we no, know there if, isn't. Do we know if he played last night? Or not, Sanders? I didn't hear anything. I don't. I have no idea. He was approved by the Mount Senior Martin to play. He was ruled eligible. I'm not sure, you know, three practices, learning that system in that offense, if he actually played or not. But I'm sure he probably got some snaps. If he was approved, he probably did. I'm telling you, the score was 49-6. 49-6. He got in sooner, later, if not sooner. For for me, the the ethical dilemma here is who reaches out to who. I mean, everyone knows in Catholics there's recruiting. I mean, you have to get enough kids in your school to make enough money to actually keep the school open. Right. Um, So there's always going to be an aspect of recruiting, but it's all about you know who is coming. You know who is starting the conversation. Is it the coach or is it the player that's inquiring about possibly? Or is it an alumni? 
Exactly. Um, you really can't. Pr- it's all it comes down to a he said, she said. You know, Coach Delaney thinks it was definite recruiting, and Coach Cumberford says that um, you know he, Sanders reached out to his camp first. You can't prove that. You know, it's it comes down to he said, she said, and unfortunately, um, it worked out this way a few days before the season started. I just find it hard to believe that Sanders reached out to them and a week before the se- a week before the season. From what I heard, uh. why this thing took so long to happen was he was trying to get his grades taken care of in the summer to then get enrolled at Timon to get accepted, and he just got accepted when he made the jump over. So I think every Coach Comerford and Sanders may have thought, hey, I'm going to be at South Park. I'm not going to Timon. And Coach Comerford thought, no, Sanders is going to stay at South Park. Um, but all of a sudden, the summer courses come in, he's enrolled, and it's a done deal. So they didn't find out about this till Monday, and he yeah. still played in the scrimmage on Saturday. I'm not buying that for a New York. No, second. no, neither am I. Mm-hmm. And the other big news was the autistic uh, kid from Orchard Park. We talked about it last week, Jacob. Jacob and I, I had mentioned that. Uh, and by the way, if anybody knows if he got in the game last night, please let us know. Uh, that uh, I, I mentioned that. Well, he doesn't pose physical threat to the other players, so I was all for him playing. And uh, Dick Gallagher made a great point. Well, these are the rules that the state has in place. And I think, Roger, you brought up, well, if we do that, the slippery slope is you're going to have to judge each individual case. Well, if New York State elects to do that, fine, then go for it. Make it a case-by-case situation. I felt that and thought he should play and be allowed on the team. And uh, right now, it looks like he is, but uh, I think there's still more to come with that story. That's what I don't understand. Uh, the woman commissioner stepped in and says, until there's a ruling, he's eligible. Well, what if the ruling comes down three weeks from now and they decide he's not eligible? Does that affect the previous three games? I would doubt it. It shouldn't. It shouldn't, because he was cleared. So you really have nothing that you could hang against Orchard Park on that. But good for him, and I'm glad that uh, he's able to continue his uh, his football career and, uh, you know, all the power to But this him. is his fifth year now. Yeah, but wasn't uh, he wasn't able to play for physical reasons his okay. first year. Mm-hmm. So technically then it's only his fourth year of playing. We're counting as redshirt. Yeah, redshirt okay. freshman. Why not? Let's do it. <laughs> you know, injuries. Um, let's talk about the games last night, games that you guys uh, went to. Whatever one you guys want to jump out at, go for it. Well, me and Dave were at, we began at Eden, where um, their season was canceled last year, so it was nice to see Eden um, field a football team on their own this year. They had some food trucks there, barbecue, ice cream, and... um, Barbecue chicken, too. Yeah, it was, was, I I was, Mm. I came on a full tummy, I wasn't, I didn't get the taste test. What are you thinking of, man? I I regret it, but um, it it was good to see. Um, he had a first year coach. I forget the guy's name. Michael Lessie. Michael Lessie. Thank you, thank you. But um, first year coach. They start out really well. J- they played JFK from Chictawaga. JFK won off the top of my head, forty two, twenty three. Mm-hmm. And um, I was really impressed. I, Chuck Tilly a couple years ago told me about a few guys: Andrew Biley, Jared Eck, and a few other kids um that he was really expecting to have really good careers. And they showed out yesterday for Eden, had really good games. But I was really impressed with um, JFK and their squad. They got a kid, Brandon Cole, who, oh, my gosh, um, cornerback, has an interception, had a gang load of tackles, came in, subbed in for QB, ran for a touchdown, 
returned a punt for a touchdown, 80 yards. He was just all over the place, insane. Um, best athlete on the field by far. Um, there's JFK starting quarterback James Bailey. He ran for a score, and he he looks like he's he's going to be all right. He looks like a young guy. I didn't look at his um, what class he's in, but JFK they they have some nice young players over there. It's going to be interesting in Class C North. But um, very very impressed by that game. I don't know. Me and Dave probably left around the same time. We left around halftime ish, but um, I was able to see enough, and I was impressed by both squads. But very glad Eden was able to fill the team that's going to be competitive this year. couple things I want to mention. Since you're mentioning Eden, and it's almost a segue, uh, I was at Iroquois uh, last night. They uh, hosted Lake Shore. Now, last year, didn't Eden combine with uh, yeah, Lake, Shore, Lake yeah. Shore? Lake Shore, I don't know what's going to happen a year from now. They, uh, they had low numbers, right? They canceled their JV. Whatever they had, guys they had on JV, I guess they either go down to Modified or they're up at the varsity. There is no JV at Lake Shore. So I'm wondering uh, what repercussions are going to come out of that, you know, 12 months from now. There's a few schools right now that are battling number issues where I heard 18 showing up somewhere in the South Towns. And, of course, I mentioned the Tonawanda situation. And like I say, I was at Iroquois. They had a moment of silence for Bill Quick, their longtime PA announcer for football, girls basketball, boys everything, basketball, yeah. everything. 51 years he did that. They didn't have a moment of silence for Daryl Gustaville, but they did in their program this year. Coincidentally, on page 12, which was the uniform <laughs> number he wore, they got a full page on pictures of Daryl Gustaville. I lost it when Milt. I looked at it. We, uh, we miss Man, him I miss him a lot. <laughs> uh, he would be in his glory right now. He probably oh, is. He's probably yelling at us right now. Yeah, uh, he's probably saying, Brandon Yaks, Brandon Yaks, number 20 and all that. Uh, I was at that game for a half, and I was at West Seneca East versus Bennett for a half. Uh, and uh, as you know, there are nine teams in section, I mean, excuse me, Class A South. So if you only have six league games, that means there are two uh, league opponents you will not have to play this year. And it looks like Hamburg won that lottery because <laughs> the two teams they don't play this year are Iroquois and Bennett. <laughs> Very fortunate So. Uh, they only have themselves to blame if they don't make the playoffs this year. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's take a break, guys. When we come back, we'll talk about some more of the games last night, and then we'll get to some of the games going on today. You're listening to Inside High School Sports on WGR Sports Radio 550. Markwell on guitar, ripping it up. I'm here all weekend, guys. All here all weekend. Tips greatly appreciated. <laughs> Inside high school sports, Tony Caligiuri, Markwell Slaughter, Roger Weiss, Dave DeLuca, and Joe Mar- uh, Marguccio. And we are bringing in Nate Geary, who's also going to be a voice you're going to hear a lot. Uh, good old Sunshine is going to be reporting on a lot of games this year. Also a contributor, don't forget, check out, we have our large school, small school polls. They'll be up on our Facebook page every week. Make sure you check that out. Marquel gets it out on Twitter, so you'll be able to see it there as well. Nate, you went and watched your alma mater play, Frontier against Clarence. Uh, tell me about the game. Uh, it was a... It was closer than I thought. I stayed for the first half, and um, yeah, Clarence has got a nice team. They run that uh, that obviously that power 
punch offense that you know really kind of confuses teams with their with their counters and options and, and traps that they run. But Frontier held their own on the defensive side of the ball, turn, uh, forced a couple turnovers. Um, but uh, fortunately, the same story as last year. Their offense kind of really struggled at times to move the ball consistently. Their uh, their quarterback. Uh, is the youngest Kimmich brother who uh, Zach played last year for the Falcons. Looks pretty good. He's got a good arm. He'll be, uh, he's a junior, um, so he'll have some time to develop with the Falcons. I, I expect them to be better than I think people thought they originally were. Be. I, I did, I, when I looked at them, I didn't see an 0-7 football team in a program that only had three wins last year. I think that they'll uh, they'll compete a little bit better this year. Um, so I looked to see them get a couple more wins than I think they're being predicted. But uh, Clarence is a good team. They'll uh, they'll definitely uh, they'll definitely fight in the double-A uh, South for sure. Now, what are you looking to get out of Frontier more uh... Uh, execution is it like that or are they hurting themselves with penalties they had a couple really bad penalties yesterday a uh, personal foul roughing the passer penalty just a stupid penalty oh, and man. also a uh, 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 roughing the kicker penalty so I mean you're talking you're talking about 30 yards in two in two plays basically um, really disappointing to see that kind of stuff just undisciplined football that's mental that's and if you go overcome that they should be okay yeah, that's what I, my my thought is is if they can kind of clean it up and get the offensive side of the uh, the ball moving. They switched from that spread shotgun offense they were running last year to more of a traditional triple option is what Frontier's really known for. Um out of a power back eye formation. They've got it they've got a nice back over there. They'll they'll be all right, I think Frontier, but uh you know, they're going to have to hope that they can keep some of their guys from moving on to St. Francis cuz that's going to be an issue for them. I mean, they're losing basically every year five of their top 6 players to St. Francis every year and they've got nine freshmen and the uh, JV program right now. They are just being basically dismantled by guys leaving the program um, on a regular basis. Yikes. Thanks, Nate. Thanks much for that. Um, Raj, what was it? Uh, no, Dave, you had wanted to talk about Orchard Park. Yeah, I was at Orchard Park, Pittsburgh, a non-league game uh, over in Orchard Park, um, kind of looking at some of the best teams in Section 5 and Section 6, so uh, kind of the battle of Rochester and Buffalo and Pittsburgh and Orchard Park were even to start out. I mean, it was 7-6 for a while. Orchard Park uh, scored first and then had a couple of nice stops defensively. And then somewhere in the second half, things just kind of fell off for Orchard Park. Pittsburgh had two big running backs, you know, 210, 215 pounds, you know, bruising backs, and Orchard Park just couldn't tackle them. Uh, I didn't see the yardage numbers um, from Pittsburgh, but they had to have had at least 200 yards rushing, maybe 250. Um, they just they could not tackle Pittsburgh. Uh, Orchard Park are usually a very sound defensive team. Sure. Um, they gave up two reverse touchdowns. It's the same kid. Uh, you can't allow two reverses in the same game. You have to, <laughs> after the first time it happens, you have to stay home if you're a defensive end or the outside linebacker just having backside responsibility. Um, and then offensively, they just couldn't get much going. They lost their two best receivers last year, and it definitely showed. How did uh, Janko look? Yeah, uh, I think the receivers were a part of it, um, but he also didn't have his best day uh, by far. I mean, he missed a lot of throws, um, but Pittsburgh was bringing pressure from everywhere. They were probably bringing uh, six, seven guys every single play. So he's basically rushing his throws then, yeah, right? Yeah, and he couldn't, you know, the, he wasn't throwing the ball deep down the field to, to kind of beat that blitz. Um, he was running around for his life all, all day long. Uh, the one thing I thought they should do, they should have ran the ball all, all afternoon because Josh Dahl, who I think is one of the top running backs in Western New York this season, just big. Um, he's fast, really shifty. Uh, he had probably 40 yards in the first drive of the game. 
maybe finished with 150 yards, and they just didn't use him enough because it felt like he was getting seven yards every single time he touched the ball. Was it a down-distance situation to prevent him from getting the ball, or just OP wanted to do different things? Yeah, I just think Orchard Park, you know, they've love to throw the ball, so that's their MO, and they're going to stick to that, but I just thought they could have stuck to the run a little bit more because I thought they were having more success doing that. Uh, but you, you really can't um, you know, criticize Orchard right. Park staff, and that's one of the best staffs around Western New York, so if they thought that was the best thing to do, I'll trust them, but um, I think they, if they can run the ball this season, I think that's going to open up a lot of things for Janka. I think they should run the ball more than they have in the last couple of years. I'm sure they'll be hitting the film room and uh, studying. Mm-hmm. And it's a non-league like. game, yeah. so it doesn't mean much, uh, but it looks like you know Lancaster is going to be a good opponent for them um, because Orchard Park's not going to run away with this division by any means. Raj? Yeah, it's uh, Pittsburgh. As I, My sources tell me that they may be the team in AA out of Section 5. I know Aquinas was beaten by Victor earlier this week, I guess. And it's my That's under- a shock. Yeah, and it's my understanding that uh, my source tells me he thinks Victor is only the third best team in their division, and they knocked off Aquinas. So this may be an off year for Aquinas. I don't know if they're in the same division. but uh, Is there he, such thing as an off year for Aquinas? Well, yeah, if they don't win the state championship, it's an off year. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> No doubt. What's your problem? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Joe, you went to uh, Randolph last night. No, actually, yeah, I went to Randolph. I mean, play you watched Randolph. Down in Silver Creek, and uh, most of the game was uh, big plays. Uh, very early in the game for Silver Creek, Williams uh, ran for a 62-yard run. And then this uh, guy. Wait a minute, wait a minute. A Williams, a Williams Silver at Creek. Silver Creek? <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on. And uh, then the Siders, who was a 1,000-yard rusher last year, had a uh, one-yard run. And then right after that, uh, Sam Jacoby took a kickoff back 88 yards. He had one man to beat. All he had to do was juke him out, and he just rammed him over. <laughs> the kid's helmet flew the off. The hard way. So now we're looking at like uh, 14 to 7, and Randolph right before halftime is on a 10-yard line with nine seconds to go. And I talked to the cornerback after the game. Cornerback. I'm not talking quarterback. And he said, I'll let the guy have the fade. I'm taking the slant away. He jumped the pass, 101-yard pick six. <laughs> so that just took the, you know, the wind out of uh, uh, Randolph, and they went on to lose that game 26-7. Um, to 26-7. Uh, Just one note down there in uh, Class D, uh, Maple Grove was up 46 uh, to nothing. Uh, basically down there in Class D, they're just – Who's going to play Maple Grove at the stadium? Yeah, basically. I wonder the last time Aquinas and Randolph lost their week one games. Hmm. It has been a long time. Never? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It would be a, a long time. Uh, but, um, wow, I still can't get over there. Aquinas losing. <laughs> Aquinas not even being right? considered the best in Rochester. They did lose a lot, though. But the Jameer Jones kid from last year, who's their middle linebacker, played a lot on offense. I guess he's traveling with Notre Dame, so he made the you know, traveling roster for them as a freshman. Wow. Yeah. As a true freshman. True freshman, freshman, yeah. Freshman. Notre Dame's playing uh, tomorrow night against Texas, I believe. Yeah, I'm not sure. What's the quarterback uh, doing down at Penn State? Anything? Is he on a... I haven't heard if he's going to be redshirted. I'm, I'm guessing he's not going to play as a true freshman, so I'm guessing a redshirt's going to be his way unless he broke oh, into the. Uh, at Maryville, they have a true freshman at quarterback. Oh, Desiderio? Desiderio. Really? And he led him to the win yesterday. I'd like to point out that every school in the Cheektowaga district, JFK, Maryville, and Cheektowaga all won. 
Well, Maryville beat for, Cleve Hill. Well, there's <laughs> one that didn't. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a four-way sweep, but somebody had to lose. But, yeah, it's good for Chittawaga, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'll start out at Eden, but I'm glad I made the drive to Maryville because that was, that was the only close game of the weekend. I think Oleum won by a touchdown, but Maryville-Cleve Hill two-point game. Um, I think somebody wrote on our Facebook page it's the first time in 10 years. Maryville beat Cleve Hill. That's incorrect. I, I believe this is the third time in 11 years. And um, two times in the last three years, Maryville won. Um, Dylan Casey, big plays at the end of the game for um, Maryville. Um, Maryville was up eight zip before Aaron Waller, um, a big running back for Cleve Hill, scored on a 60-yard touchdown to get um, to make it a game. But right after that, Dylan Casey takes a kickoff. 80-something yards for a score right away. And then when Aaron Waller scores the second touchdown of the game to bring it within two with a minute and a half left in the game, Clevefield two-point conversion to tie it. Dylan Casey shoots up the gap, smacks the quarterback, ball flies loose, game's over. Well, Clevefield had another chance with about 30 seconds left, but they were about 60, 70 yards away. But Dylan Casey, really good game. Desiderio, he threw a touchdown. To uh, the name escapes me right now, but Maryville small group physically small guys, but they're young guys. So I mean, if they're going to be, this is one of the teams that's always on a bubble of our Inside High School Sports Facebook page. And I know um, they weren't pleased when they found out they were honorable mention this week. Um, they'll probably be in the top ten. Um, <laughs> Next time we do a, a week with a win over Cleveland Hill, I yeah. would think so. But they're always on the bubble. They always have to prove themselves in. And um, I, I, this is going to be a team to be reckoned with for the next couple of years. They got a really good. Maybe they make the top ten this up. week. Yeah, they, they're definitely. Yeah, we did have a couple of close games uh, that uh, weren't given write ups in the news other than the scores. Wilson beat Akron fourteen to twelve. Falconer, Casadega Valley beat Salamanca three to nothing. And I think you did mention that Southwestern beat Gowanda Pine Valley twenty eight to twenty six. So we did have a few uh, interesting games. Last well, you had night. Williamsville North and Jamestown. I guess uh, what was in today's news? Uh, they said uh, that they were trailing twenty seven twenty six, but the Red Raiders went for a two point conversion try, uh, bad snap, and North then scored an assurance touchdown on a fifty seven yard run by Jason Huang. Uh, tough game, game. tough game there. Way. Yeah, you're right. Settled and, in the fourth quarter. And didn't Jamestown struggle in their opener last year against Niagara Falls? They yes. did. Yeah. One point game. Yeah, that one. What, did that go? It was overtime, right? No, I think somebody kicked a field goal. Oh, just before over. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you're right. Yeah, Jamestown blocked a punt in that game, if I believe, and that was a big play. I mean, yeah. they were. Let's just say they struggled a little bit all last year. I mean, they didn't really go through, go through the regular season like we've seen them do in the past. And it looks like this year with Devin Jackson, they're going to be a lot better. But I think if that game was in Will North. Uh, I think a lot of people would have been at, been at that game because both teams are pretty even. Both teams sure. have shot at you know getting to the stadium. So if that game was in Western New York around here, I think we'd, a lot of us would be there. Plus, Will North would be sporting that brand new field, right? Mm-hmm. You have to check that out. All right, guys, let's take a break. When we come back from the break, we'll talk about some of today's games. Uh, see if we can entice you into catching uh, something. There's only a few. <laughs> There's only a few. Oh, by the way, I do have a beef with college football. Guys, stay away from Friday nights. That belongs to high schools. You belong on Saturdays. Let's knock it off, all right? All right, we'll be back after this. We're back. One last segment of Inside High School Sports. Nate's in the uh, deck circle. 
getting his cuts in. He's ready. He's got the eye black under his eyes. He's got the fingers all taped up. He's hanging out with my son, Nicky, in the other room there. They're all ready. They're all pumped. Well, Nick's excited because he can't wait to get to Wingfest. <laughs> Roger and I are still, still uh, putting our, our game plan today for Wingfest. If you go there, stop up. I think the judging starts at 1230. Come on by and say hello to... Uh, to Roger and myself, and uh, let us know what wings you guys like. We'll uh, don't say we'll... hi to me. I'll be busy eating. <laughs> Just keep your fingers to yourself. <laughs> uh, Dave, there was uh, uh, you wanted what, to talk about Springville. Yeah, I think my fellows back home would have my head if I didn't. Sean Bruce would have your head if yeah, you didn't. Yeah, yeah. So Ian Baker uh, had six touchdowns. Was that all? Eight yards. Fetch him. <laughs> and Springville beat uh, Fredonia Westfield Brockton 52 to 14. So that's a big opening uh, win for them because I think that Fredonia Westfield Brockton team is not as bad as that score indicates. You know, I think when you look at midseason when they start gelling a little bit more, well, with the merged programs, I think that team's going to get. Well, Sean told goal. me Springville was going to be very good this year. Yeah, but and they, he says that every be. year. Yeah. I knew that when they uh, found out that Ian Baker was only a junior a year ago because <laughs> I thought he should have been a finalist last year. I really. You did. mean it's not all due to Sean's coaching? Well, there is a direct correlation between uh, how uh, Springville's program has been upgraded since uh, Sean showed up and he bought his assistant, Eric Jancy, along. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, facts are facts, Anthony. You want to argue facts, you can't do it. The numbers don't lie, Rog. Exactly. It's all about numbers. (laughs) So Baker's on his way to 1,000 yards. He's already a quarter of the way there, right? Yeah. Yeah, two fifty. Yep. Probably be in the uh, the Connolly Cup uh, talk uh, by the end of the season. I had him in my And what people don't realize, he's an animal in defense as a linebacker. I think he's a better defensive player than he is on offense. Really, he plays wow. out outside linebacker, and you just can't run outside of of the tight end. I mean, you just can't. And that's a huge. If you can take away that whole part of the field for a defense, I mean, that's really really sure. good. And that's saying that. something, though. If he's a better defensive player. Uh, than an offensive player right after he scores six touchdowns. That's <laughs> yeah. saying a thing or two. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I'm not sure if everyone else would agree with me on that, but I think he's a better defensive player. How big is he? What kind of size does he have? Uh, I think he's probably 195, foot ten, maybe. 190, 195. But he's another one of these guys. He reminds me of the kid that played at uh, uh, East Aurora last year, the running back that looks like a tackle uh Oh, yeah. Uh, Chris. EJ? EJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he doesn't have that build. I mean, he's a, he has a, he's wrest- he has a wrestler build where he's just, you know, chiseled. You know, he's tough. tough. He doesn't have an ounce of fat on him. So 195, you know. EJ Staniszewski, yeah. by the way, mm-hmm. yeah. who has a younger brother who's a, a lineman at East Aurora. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, you love love looking at the, hearing about those big numbers. Hey guys, there's some uh, only a few games today due to the fact that we have so many uh, fields that have gone to lights, and we're I mean Friday night lights is is going to be huge now in Western New York, and it's also going to be on Saturday nights too when uh, St. Francis is going with their home games. But Funny we, you should mention that Anthony last night at the. Uh, Iroquois game, they only had four officials. So I wonder if there's someone going to cut down to four officials because of so many Friday night games. And maybe that's going to open up for the Little Leagues because the Little Leagues have been forced to mostly play on Sundays because of the availability of refs on Saturdays. Now it looks like there's going to be, a uh, in fact, we have, what, four Saturday games this year? Not happy about that, but... Uh, I think a couple Thursday night games would be nice. You know, one or two a week would be nice. Mm, I'm not big on Thursday night games. I'm a traditionalist. I talked to the refs in Chautauqua. They're having the same problem. 
they had a rough there last night. He's only in the second year, and he's doing a varsity game. And I guess Strats will be coming up the ranks that fast. Yeah. Well, how many more schools? Sweet Home now has uh, lights. They're going to play on Friday night. Star Point has lights. They're going to start playing on Friday nights. They just and now uh, what? Will is it Will North that's got lights now? Yep. Yeah, but I thought they had lights before. Not Will North. No. no? no. Okay. East and West are kind of used to kind of West are getting new stadiums. I don't know if they're putting lights in though. I heard that they weren't because they want, or if they were, they wanted to schedule day games because they feel that would be an advantage because there's so many teams that play mm-hmm. their home teams at night. There's a strategy involved in that. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. All right, games going on today. We have Start Point at Amherst. That's a one o'clock kickoff. Uh, Sweet Home is at Kenmore East. That'll be two o'clock, and then you have uh, that Lock- game would be at Tonawanda, I Tonawanda. Because yeah, because the field's not field. ready yet. Yeah, yeah. so they're going to play at Tonawanda's field. I forgot was that the first three or two. four games? First two. Uh, two. Their first two home games, I believe. Week five is it'll be the grand opening for the Kenny's field. I drive by that Kenny's, but I can't see it being right. Me, no, you know, just just me looking at. Well, you're not in construction, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dad stick was. to tax returns. My dad was for all right. Years. Uh, you got Lockport at Canisius, uh, one o'clock. Pioneer at Burger, <laughs> one o'clock. Uh, Nichols is going to play uh, Holly from Section Five at one thirty. McKinley at Niagara Falls at two o'clock. That's the game I'm going to. Uh, Grand Island is going to travel to Niagara Wheatfield. I did watch their JV teams play last night. Went and watched a buddy of mine's son uh, play for uh, Wheatfield, and that was entertaining. Uh, Grand Island wins by blocking a punt, returning it for a touchdown. Let's go! And that uh, that won the game. And then you have Cardinal O'Hara is taking. They're at Section 5's University Prep at 2 o'clock. So there's your games for today. Guys, thank you much for joining us. And don't forget, check us out on Facebook. You can see our large and small school polls. They are up. We did a preseason edition. I didn't play nice this week. As a dedication to uh, my buddy Daryl, who I missed tremendously, I had Iroquois number one uh, through every slot. I, I put everything was Iroquois, uh, even honorable mention. So that was my tribute to Daryl. I miss you, buddy. All right, we'll talk to you next week with more Inside High School Sports. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.